I am super excited to hear your thoughts today on talking about rest and leading with rest. And Alan, you were really the one who I feel like introduced me to the concept of leading with rest. Can you tell me a little bit, set the stage for us? Yeah. And this comes out of my own struggle with rest. Mm. And, and so this isn't a case of, well, do as I do and your life will be great. Resting has always been hard for me. And I want to frame our conversation with this isn't just physical. Mm. Although physical rest is important, and we'll talk about that. This is also mm -hmm. mentally resting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's hard for me because the wheels in my head are always going. The moment I mm -hmm. wake up to the moment I go to sleep, they are going, cranking out, thinking of all sorts of things. And when we talk about leading with rest, which was your question, Katie, this is how do I intentionally put rest first versus mm -hmm. if I have any time left over, I'll rest. It's whatever's left at the end of the day. And what I found coming from that perspective is there's often not a lot of rest at the end of the day. Yeah. And I can feel the effect of it. I don't know, Katie, if you've ever struggled with the end of the day, things that you still need to do, what rest looks like for you. Nope, never. I get everything done all the time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, when you say what's left over at the end of the day, I was like, there's nothing left over at the end of the day. And whether you mean time, whether you mean energy, yeah, it's a real struggle. So I'm really excited to think about leading with that. That's such a provocative concept of coming at, at our work and ourselves leading with that as a posture versus, like you said, what's left over. And I think in this for me, and what I want to challenge all of us to is to first place a higher value on rest. Mm. I tend to put the things first that I value the most. Mm -hmm. And so as a healthcare professional, as a high achiever, I'm putting my patients first, the people I serve first the things that are important to me. And those are good things. Right. What I found over the years of burning the candle at both ends, doing stuff I love, which is a wonderful thing, is that there wasn't a whole lot left over. And we'll say this many times today and throughout our subsequent podcast, of you can't give away what you don't possess. And so for me, it fundamentally had to shift what I valued. And mm -hmm. if I value all the things I just said, and I do, how can I better serve the people around me? It's mm -hmm. coming from that place of rest. And that's going to be one of the themes of today is rest is not someplace we go to. It's a place we come from. Oh, that's good. Can you say that again? For me? Yeah. <laughs> when we think about rest, if I view it with not as much value and whatever's left over at the end of the day, it's a place I will go to and probably for a very short duration. Why? I'm not getting stuff done and I've got stuff to do. However, if I value rest first and foremost and I come from that place of rest, what I've noticed I'm actually able to achieve more and serve the people around me mm. from a better place. Absolutely. 
That's really rich. That's really good. Yeah. So how do we do that? <laughs> In these three easy steps, you okay, will be able to mm-hmm. come from a place of rest. Mm-hmm. No, I wish it were that simple. I would say we first do a self-assessment. We hold that mirror up. Mm-hmm. I don't want to presume that anyone who's listening is not doing that. Now, that's my story. And so mm-hmm. it really first came of that holding that mirror up. What does it look like to be on the other side of me? Mm-hmm. What does it look like for the people in my life? And what I noticed was that I was always tired. Could I function? Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it was almost like a badge of honor that mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. I'm mm-hmm. weary. That must show that I'm working hard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. working hard is a good thing. But it was almost as if I come from a place of rest. That's not doing what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. And certainly that could then take on certain terms that I do not like. You're just, it's yeah. all about yourself. You don't want to work hard. Those yeah. are the kind of things. And that was part of my narrative. So mm-hmm. to me, it first starts with what does it look like to be on the other side of me? Mm-hmm. What are those thoughts? How do I value rest? And so I'm mm-hmm. curious, Katie. Is you're hearing me and you've talked about some of your own struggles, what, where would you place rest in, in your life with the other things you value? Gosh, it's been a process. It's been a journey. I definitely, if you'd asked me this question five, even especially 10 years ago when I was a dietitian working on a PhD with two small kids, working full-time, I would have honestly laughed at the idea of rest, but then I also have this vision of myself so tired that I was falling asleep while working into the wee hours of the night. And I'm like, who was that version of me? To answer your question, fast forward to now, it's still a battle. I still struggle with, do I really need to rest? And for me, it's both mental and physical because as a marathon runner, like, I have to force myself to take rest days for running because I love it so much. And I think to myself, oh, if I could just run one more day, I'll be better. But the reality is, and I know as a scientist, there's so much that's going on in the body on that rest day that actually allows you to work harder when you are working. So that rest is actually fueling that work. And sometimes I have to just put my blinders on and make myself rest. So I don't think I answered your question, but right now it looks like being intentional. It also looks like making sure that what I do for rest is truly restful for me, even though it might be something that is not restful for someone else. That's a great insight, Katie, because it could be easy to say it's a one size fits all. If you do Mm -hmm. these three things, Mm -hmm. you will, you will find rest. Katie, expand on that a little bit more. What does that look like uniquely for you? So for me, this is literally just for me. Rest needs to be the opposite of work. So for me, it might sound counterintuitive. Resting is getting in my kitchen and making something with my hands, baking, being creative, making a nice meal. Now for someone who is always cooking, that's not going to be rest. But for me, it is because it allows my brain to just go to places where I'm not engaged in my everyday work and it allows me to feel creative. And that's the other thing is I try to pay attention to how do I feel 
after I've been doing this activity, right? Because mm. I know how I feel after I've been scrolling through Instagram. I've been entertained, but I don't feel renewed and refreshed and stimulated the way I do when I go into my kitchen and bake something or I throw the Frisbee for my dog or go for a walk in the woods. Katie, you bring up a really important point, and I think it's one that was a reminder to me of how intentional it is to shift one's mind to something else. Mm. And as I was hearing you, you describe activity. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important point. I don't want any of our listeners, and myself included, to think that rest means you don't do anything. That is such a good point because, honestly, that is probably 10 years ago when I thought, oh, if I rest, then I just have to be like sitting there doing nothing. What happens in my brain? I don't know if this resonates with you. But if I try to rest, my brain is, okay, would we like to now try to bring up all the 1,000 things that you think that you have ever said that were wrong or the things that you need to do? No, that's not resting. Yeah. Yeah. And I really appreciated what you said about taking the time to notice. Is this something that does calm me down, get it to a lower RPM, miles per hour, if you like the driving analogy? Or does it have the opposite? Mm -hmm. I think about me in the kitchen, and it definitely would not give my wife rest. She'd have <laughs> the fire extinguisher. There would be the ambulance outside mm -hmm. because of the third-degree burns that I inflicted on myself. But it is really, it's the intentionality that we talk about of what are some things that can get my mind off of X? Mm -hmm. You mentioned work. Mm -hmm. It could be my to-do list at home whatever it is, am I intentionally finding those things that can bring me that rest? Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's so important because our brains are more efficient when they get to rest from that task that they need to be so high functioning for. And I'm going to nerd out just a little bit as a dietitian and think about how our bodies use glucose for fuel our brains use glucose for fuel. So it's just like training for a marathon. When you've been in a situation, which we all are in our daily work lives, where our brains are high functioning and using up a lot of that glucose, we actually need a rest period for the body to replenish that glucose to the brain so that it can be higher functioning and back on ready to fire for those intense moments, for those times where we need to really be critically thinking. And without it, it's just like the marathon runner who doesn't eat while they're running. There's no fuel. There's no gas in the car. Katie, let's take that wonderful example and let's now put it specifically in the context of us as healthcare professionals yeah. in the midst of our day, serving our patients when I don't have the time throughout my 8, 10, 12-hour shift mm -hmm. to stop, to rest, to eat, whatever that may be, because I am on the go, I've got patients to serve, the demands on me, what would be some thoughts or suggestions you would have for our healthcare professionals that may struggle with this every day? That's a great question. Like, in the, you're in the weeds, you're in the day-to-day I think the one word that pops into my head right now, Alan, is intentionality, is really looking at that landscape of your day and being intentional, going into it, 
and seeking progress towards rest over perfection. I Have you ever gotten into that oh. like black and white thinking where you're like, you know, if I can't do this well, I'm just not going to do it at all. If I can't get the rest that I need today, then what's the point? And so I think being intentional towards that progress is a really critical first step. What do you think? I love the progress over perfection. And I would add to that is that when we're talking rest, we are not here to say it must be at least X amount of time. You can take a minute, five minutes, even throughout that eight, 10 hour shift. It will do wonders. And I think it ties into what Katie said about that progress versus it has to look a certain way. We know as healthcare professionals, how many of our days go exactly as scripted? <laughs> Mine never did. No. There would be the computer system down, the physician not getting back to me in a timely manner, whatever that might be. And that's reality. But can I take that moment if I'm in the work context? Can I find that extended time? Maybe it's on the drive home, whatever it may be, in the intentionality yeah. of that. And it's such a great reminder for those of us like myself who are these internal perfectionists that oh, I didn't get it exactly right today, so I'm, I failed. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to keep trying. And then I can just default back to the way I've always done things. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the drive home. It makes me think about how constant the information we receive is into our brains. At least I am. I'm constantly getting information, whether it's from work, whether it's from my phone, and my general thing I do is I get in the car on the way home and I'm like, okay, I need to put on a podcast. I need to put on a book. I need to be thinking about what I'm going to make for dinner. And I think sometimes just taking that, like you said, that minute to actually just not think about those things. That's scary for somebody who has a lot to get done. But again, if you're giving your brain that rest where if I do take those few minutes to just not think about it, I can be more effective and I can be on when I get back to that, when I get back to those thoughts. I don't know. I almost feel like that's a challenge to myself. Katie, I think one thing that could really help in that challenge is embracing 80s music. 80s music, um, 100%. Yes. The greatest era of music. You're scaring me. I'll send you a, a, a list of songs that can help soothe. <laughs> Nothing better than an 80s hair band to really no. get us to downshift. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> that one size fits all approach that I just yeah, talked about. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. were just saying. Yeah, I do actually uh, have something else I was thinking about that has been a part of my journey, which is the difference between rest and sleep. Because I used to think that those two things were the same. I used to think, okay, if I'm getting seven hours of sleep at night, then that's what I need. Alan, when you think about the difference between sleep and rest, what kind of things have you learned and come to your mind? That's a great distinction. And I had read something earlier from the CDC that said one in three adults don't get enough sleep, which yeah. I thought was interesting. I wonder if it's not more than that. <laughs> I, yeah, I tend to agree with that. But yeah, to answer your question, I, I can see some value in rest. I tend to not see value in sleep. Because oh. I'm not getting anything done. Oh. And I know. You better know I've the science sleep. behind sleep. Oh, Energized, man. but It's interesting. Yeah. We're opposite. I see major value in sleep. Thinking about that, that REM sleep and how it's processing all that information. Yeah. 
And I think this comes back to even, I remember it as a kid, probably, I don't know, four or five, when we had nap time mm. and how I would resist that. And hey, we need to be out on the playground. Mm. Like, why are we sleeping on these red and blue mats? Yep. I can still see them mm -hmm. today. And though I can take a nap with the best of them, my wife often comments on it when we're on a plane, like we haven't even taxied and mm. I'm dozed off. Mm -hmm. I do think that I have struggled with sleep and amount of sleep that is probably the CDC would say in going, I don't need that much. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I take those two hours. Yeah. I'm good. But it gets back to then what I said. I'm not yeah. coming from that place. And I think your distinction is really important because both are needed. We've talked about the both. So Katie, what would be some of your thoughts for someone who may either struggle with sleep or rest? Any tips that you have that have been helpful for you? First, when I think about the difference between sleep and rest, I think about sleep being just that biological need. And like the fact right. that at some point, like your body will make you sleep if it needs it. But rest is more of that psychological or spiritual mm -hmm. where we can fool ourselves into not needing it. And so I think about okay, if I know that sleep is needed for my physical and biological health, there are specific things that the sleep experts tell us to do. I and mean, we could do a whole podcast specifically on that. <laughs> like the one thing I've been trying to do lately, and let me tell you, this is the hardest, probably the hardest thing I've done lately, is to stop using my phone an hour before bedtime. That is like asking me wow. to stop breathing <laughs> an hour before bedtime. But I've noticed how much better yeah. sleep I get because my brain is not trying to process all those things that I just read on the news or saw on social media. Aside from all the other things they tell you about sleep where you should be in a cold, dark room and yada, yada. For rest though, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, for me, it comes back to that intentionality, paying attention to how I feel after I do something and constantly reevaluating that. Yeah. Katie, let me ask you a follow-up for those of us that are still, I think, recoiling from the thought of not having our phone for an hour. Mm -hmm. What do you do as we've mm -hmm. talked about shifting focus from something to something, you mm -hmm. put the phone away for an hour. What does mm -hmm. that hour then look like before? Oh, you go that's to a great sleep? question. I just stare at the wall. No, I keep a stack of books on my nightstand and I have typically a book that I am willing to read just one or two pages in or 10 or 20 or 30 pages. And I've got a real perfectionistic nature about myself. And so I try to not let it stress me out if I just read one or two books. <laughs> See, <laughs> I am an overachiever. One or two pages, just something to get that. Because again, we're mm -hmm. shifting our mm -hmm. mind. We're shifting mm -hmm. what we're thinking about. Yeah. And I try to be okay with not finishing the book, maybe ever. I know that's a real, that's a safe space for you to not finish a book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm nodding in agreement. That might be scary to some of our listeners who are like, no, I can't not finish that book. And I think it looks different. Maybe it's doing a crossword puzzle. Maybe it's doing something with your hands, like knitting or some type of craft. It's just something, again, to get our brains off of that constant 
unearned dopamine that we get from being oh. on social media and things like that. Yeah. I read, it's been many years, but it says where the eyes go, so goes the mind. Mm. Where the mind goes, so goes the actions. Mm, that's good. And it's a great example, Katie, of the intentionality that we've talked about. And what we're not saying, again, is don't do anything. Right. Just stare at the wall for an hour. We know that's not going to work. But I love what you said of, I'm giving myself permission to read a couple pages, mm -hmm. not I need to get through at least three chapters tonight. Yeah. And the difference that makes. Yeah. And I'm going to, full disclosure, some nights I do better with my phone than others because it's tricky. Some days I yeah. am so good at it. I'm very intentional. I even sometimes start in the morning saying, today is going to be a day that I put my phone away at 9 p.m. because I'll go to sleep at 10. And I'll have to remind myself or I'll even have to write it down. It's that hard. Again, we talked about this on a previous episode with writing with my right hand versus writing with my left hand. Mm -hmm. I have not yet told anyone in my home about this because I don't know that I'm quite willing to be held accountable quite yet. <laughs> I could see that as being challenging if my husband's like, you said you were going to put your phone away and why are you still looking at it? I'm not ready for that. But maybe somebody would want to ask someone to help them be accountable to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of the things that, that will come up at various times uh, on probably upcoming episodes of don't ever try these things alone. Don't ever travel alone. Now, that being said, this isn't a formula. You need three people. But to Katie's point, we all need others to help us and potentially recognize issues that we may not even be aware. We talk mm -hmm. about broccoli in our teeth, and sometimes we don't see our own broccoli. Mm -hmm. Others can see it. And I want to come back, Katie, to one other thing you said, and it just happened on a podcast. Having the phone in my vicinity was a distraction just mm -hmm. now. And yeah. what would that look like if my phone had been in the other room? Mm -hmm. And I think for me, the distraction, the temptation can be, I'm putting my phone up, mm -hmm. but if it's there and I hear that ding or whatever it is, I'm like Pavlov's dog that starts salivating and I reach for the phone. Yeah. So I think it's a great insight of if there are things that can distract us, do we have the ability to remove the distraction? Sometimes mm -hmm. we don't. Right. But if possible, is that something that we could mm -hmm. take those next steps toward? That makes me think, Alan, about something you taught me a couple of months ago about limiting belief. It's limiting beliefs and what else? False assumptions. Okay. okay. Do that. I was thinking of the one where it's one of those tools that you taught us where it's, are you limiting your beliefs on yourself or are there really mm -hmm. and truly parameters that are preventing you from doing something? Because yes, I get it that as healthcare professionals, we're on call and we have to have our phones with us. Yes, I get that. And that is necessary. But also, are there potentially limiting beliefs? Like, are you telling yourself, no, I can't go an hour without my phone or I can't rest because people need me. What are mm -hmm. those things that are keeping us from resting? Yeah, I think that's a great question that we talk about this self-awareness. What's keeping that phone next to me? Because I'm making a choice to either go to rest, come from rest, or dismissing it altogether. 
I know for me as a high achiever that there can be this sense of guilt. We talk about guilt and shame a lot. I, I slept in. Mm. Uh, why did I sleep that extra hour? I could have done X, Y, Z. And coming from a family where, yeah, you would rest, you would go to sleep, certainly, but you get up, you hit the ground running, today's a new day, I've got things to do. And so if I'm not doing, I'm resting, that comes at a cost. And so the limiting belief is, I didn't get as much done today as I should have. The oughts and shoulds begin to come in. And oughts and shoulds for me can often result in me discounting, neglecting myself. Because if I'm taking the time to rest, I'm not getting stuff done. I'm not as productive. And let's get real specific in healthcare. I'm letting other people down. Mm -hmm. So I need to be on my phone. I need to be checking things. I need to respond whenever someone reaches out to me, because that's what I do as someone who mm -hmm. serves others. The question that I would then ask, though, is how's that working for you? And is that something that's sustainable? We all have seasons. I can remember times where the other pharmacist or some of our technicians were sick, and you just roll up your sleeves and you go the extra effort. And that would mm -hmm. mean staying and working late. And that's a wonderful thing to do. Is that the norm or is that the exception? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we all have to examine. And I will tell you, it's hard to think of things in terms of cost because I want to do it all, but I can't. And so if I'm willing to embrace that, which is hard, mm -hmm. then am I willing to say, okay, I'm going to intentionally engage in rest or sleep because I know that's best for me. We're going to talk about our next episode as a preview. How do I sacrifice without being sacrificed? Mm. This will be a theme that we will come back to. But Katie, I'm curious. I've given you a little bit of my mm -hmm. limiting beliefs. Who says I can't do that? Often mm -hmm. it's me. I can't do that. Oh, what might be some of yours? Oh, very similar. I had someone introduce the concept of doing versus being. I don't know if you've heard that concept. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, if I'm not doing, I'm resting. And I almost bristled when they said, you need to take time to just be. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that it would be a really scary place because I would be letting people down. I would either be letting people down at work or I would be letting people down at home. And guess what? The one time I didn't make dinner, guess what? It was okay. People still ate. Okay. <laughs> it was fine. Mm -hmm. But I think about that mind comes back to that feeling of if I don't do it, then nobody will. But yeah. the reality is that if we do want this to be sustainable, we need to look for those solutions together that make it where we can take that rest, where we can just be for a minute instead of constantly doing. I loved that idea of sustainability and seasons, it made me think of burnout because when I think about what some of the repercussions, like what could potentially happen if we're not resting is then we're at risk for burnout. And I know that's a hot button topic. That's a buzzword. But when I think about burnout, I think about, are we coming to our jobs and going, I can't do this any longer. This season is never ending. And I've seen it. I felt it. And making sure that we're tying it to that sustainability pieces, I think is really important. 
and something for us to think about, not just as individuals, but as a system. Do you see people around you that need rest and how can you help them rest as well alongside you? This does tie back into leadership and I appreciate you bringing this up. I'm going to, I'm going to use an example here for just a second. I worked with an organization, a wonderful organization who served others and really cared about the people. But as you can imagine, all these passionate people and passionate people are the ones that we often see burning out because they care so much. Because they were burning the candle at both ends, they struggle with what Katie just said. If I take time off, I know my colleague is going to have to pick up the slack. If I take time mm -hmm. off, X, Y, and Z will not get done. And X, Y, and Z matters, by mm -hmm. the way. So what happened in that organization is even though individuals wanted to take time off, the leader at the top never did. Ooh. He was supportive and he would say, take the time that you want. And he really did believe that and mean that. But this is the comment I heard time and time again, and this gets back to leadership. I feel guilty taking time off knowing my boss is still there mm -hmm. at the office working. Mm -hmm. So leaders have to walk the talk. Mm -hmm. And I know that may feel like you're putting extra pressure on leadership. Welcome. That's how, that's <laughs> part of it. Yep. I've got to lead by example, but we get to what Katie said, progress, not perfection. If I tell my people that it's okay to take time off to rest, but I don't do it myself, we send a mixed mess. And so I want to encourage all of our listeners, your leaders, your men and women of influence, healthcare professionals, and your lead well beyond the workplace. Am I modeling for my family, for my colleagues, what this looks like? Please don't come away thinking we expect you to be perfect, but we are encouraging you to be intentional in this. Knowing for some of us, mm -hmm. it's still very difficult. We love what we do. We make an impact. And yeah, there are things that if I don't do it, won't get done. But this is what I would encourage you to think about. And Katie mentioned it. Her family still was fed. <laughs> is the pharmacy still open? Now, sometimes you have to be there. I get it. But I think more times than not, we get into this inhibition, those limiting mm -hmm. beliefs of if I don't do it, the place is going to close and shut down. Mm -hmm. More times than not, that's not going to be the case. Yeah. I would also like to clarify about the dinner. <laughs> I don't remember what they made. It might not have been as healthy as I would have liked, but mm. yes, everyone did eat. So I think we also <laughs> need to be thinking about how when other people do things that they may not do it the same way we do, but as long as it's safe mm -hmm. and it gets the mm -hmm. job done. Alan, one yeah. of the things that you mentioned, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but something like, am asking yourself, am I modeling good resting behavior? And I want to push back against that a little bit and suggest that you might want to also ask a trusted advisor or someone who knows you, ask them that question. Because sometimes I don't think that we are good judges ourselves. We can lie to ourselves and convince ourselves that, yeah, we're unless I have an ulcer or I fell asleep while driving to work, then yeah, I am yeah. modeling it. But sure. We need that external perspective. So do you feel like that's on point? Do you have any suggestions for what that might look like? 
it's a great point, Katie. It ties into a theme that we've talked about before of different perspectives. I come back to the cup analogy. One side of my cup has a logo, the other side doesn't. Mm -hmm. I see the side without the logo. I'm convinced there's nothing on the other side. This gets to Katie's point. What I would say with that, Katie, is it's someone who will bring you the high challenge mm -hmm. if it's needed. And I have found in my own life, those people are far and few between. I have lots of wonderful people who bring the support, and we need that. Please don't hear me say we don't need it. But I would say, ask someone who's going to speak the truth, because I might not like the message they're sending. Mm -hmm. But it's so important because we only see a certain perspective through our own lens. It's a good perspective. It's not complete. Katie, mm -hmm. thanks for bringing that up. Gosh, so I feel like we've really come up with some things to challenge us. Is there anything, Alan, that you're thinking about that you're like, maybe I will give this a try to include some more rest? What's your next step? What I would say is start with the next step that is something that's going to challenge, but is doable. Mm -hmm. There, we could go through the acronym of SMART goals and <laughs> all of that. And I would love to go down that road. Yeah, anyway. but, <laughs> but what I would say is what's something that's a tangible next step? Mm -hmm. And Katie, we use the analogy all the time as marathoners. The first time I started running again, some 20 years ago, I didn't do 10 miles the first time. Mm -hmm. One, I couldn't have. I could have tried. But it was, can I go a quarter of a mile? Mm -hmm. That was still challenging. I think the same is true we're talking about today. Most of us have developed habits over time that have made us very successful. Mm -hmm. Let's be real mm -hmm. for a second. Mm -hmm. High achievers, healthcare professionals, you're all incredibly successful. We celebrate that. If you're like me, though, it came at a cost of sleep and rest. But what do I keep doing? There's always more to do. I'm going to default to that which is familiar. It may not be the most healthy way. So when we change those habits, those patterns, what is something tangible we can do that's very realistic? It may not be put the phone away for an hour before mm. bed. But I try five minutes. It's good. Ten minutes. It's good. And these are not insignificant steps. I know in talking to high achievers, myself included, five minutes, that's nothing. I need to do an hour. Mm -hmm. Let me push back against that. But it may not be the phone, but what is something that you can tangibly do that you know for you mm -hmm. will begin the process of slowing you down? It will be hard. And it may not go well. Hence, our conversation around perfection is not the standard. You may try it and go, I didn't notice anything different. Stick with it mm -hmm. would be yeah. my yeah. encouragement. Yeah. The tangible, specific thing for me, Katie, as you were asking, is I try to get outside as much as I can. Mm -hmm. The change of pace, the change of place, for me, helps disrupt those wheels from spinning. It's not an instant. But if I can focus on, if I'm running, how oxygen-deprived am I? That tends to take over. How close is the nearest hospital? That also can come into play. But also, what are the things I'm noticing around me? Mm -hmm. I love to hike, so I can't always do that. 
but can I get outside and notice some things around me, mm-hmm. nature, mm-hmm. seeing a neighbor, things that get me out of my to-do list, mm-hmm. which is always running in my mind. Mm-hmm. Katie, thoughts about that? Thought Things that you have found, maybe not even for you, but people you work with, your family that you have found to be helpful? I love that you distilled it down to not just going for the whole hour, just the five minutes. And that's something that I think I need to circle back to because yes, I'm like, oh, where's the bar? Oh, it's right there. Okay. I will achieve that bar. But the reality is I don't actually make the hour most nights. Sometimes I make 30 minutes and instead of celebrating that, like you would suggest, I am hard on myself. And I think having, again, those smaller goals, breaking that down a little bit. And then the other thing is I want to just, again, circle back to not just are you noticing that being different with that rest and that progress, but asking others, asking that maybe that was just one other person if they've noticed any difference. Because I think when we look at some of the consequences of not resting, a lot of them fall to our relationships. Mm-hmm. We're still going to be doing a good job at work, but is it impacting our relationships in our, in our community? So I know that's pie in the sky <laughs> thinking, but nonetheless, I think it's important to think about how it impacts other people as well. And it does bring in something we said at the beginning of what are those things I value? Yeah. Yep. Who are the people I value? Yep. That will help me set my priorities. Yep. And as we've said all along, we don't presume it's easy. They're going to be conflicting and we can't do everything. Even though many of us high achievers think we can, mm-hmm. we can't. But it is recognizing what are those things that are of highest value. And we hope that throughout our time today, that if rest and or sleep was not of value or of high value to you, that it is of higher value, or it's at least caused you to think, huh, how do I value sleep, rest, slowing down? I also want to make one distinction here. What we are not saying is that you need to lessen your passion about the work you do. We are suggesting by you sleeping and resting more, it will allow you to keep that passion and for it to even grow over the distance. Yep. So this is not, don't care about work. You shouldn't care. No, we need you to care. (laughs) We need you to have passion Mm -hmm. for the patients you serve, for your families, for your communities. We are suggesting in this way, hopefully provoking some, if not all of you, to do that self-assessment and go, okay, can I keep doing what I'm doing and go the distance and keep the same passion I have for those I serve. Mm-hmm. That's our hope yep. today. So Katie, I know that you're a very passionate person about a lot of things. Tell me how you've been able to maintain that passion and still do many of the things we talked about. I think is that process of trying to rest because I know that It's not just a season. It really, truly is sustainable. If I want to be the best version of the employee, the best version of mom and spouse and friend. And I think I was attempting to lead with rest. I just didn't have a name for it. But I can reflect back and go, yes, when I put rest in first, 
I'm actually more productive and I am more fun to be around. <laughs> At least that's the sense I get from others. <laughs> and you are a lot of fun to be around. Thank you. Let me just say that right now. Thank you. And the one other thing I just wanted to say, because it because your last statement made me think about it. I have tried the whole, oh, I'm just going to rest. I'm not going to care. I'm not going to do that. Oh, no, that doesn't work out well. It just made me mm -hmm. actually more stressed and more anxious because I do care. Because mm -hmm. I do care. And it's mm -hmm. not a switch that we can flip on and off. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, finding that rhythm, finding that balance between the two and being okay with knowing that you're going to not rest well sometimes. It's If you had a dinner party, roll with me here with this food analogy. If you invited some people over for a dinner party and it didn't go as planned or didn't go perfectly, you wouldn't say, you know what, I'm never having a dinner party ever again because that didn't go well. It's the same thing with rest. If you tried resting one way and it didn't work well for you, it doesn't mean that rest isn't going to work well. It's not going to be productive. It just means that you need to find potentially a little bit different way of doing it or try something a little bit different next time. You don't just can it because it wasn't for you. So that's, I guess, an encouragement that I'd like to give. And it is a great reminder for any of us who can be hard on ourselves to give ourselves grace and to recognize anytime we change a habit or a pattern. And for me, it was, I don't know, 40 plus years I want to give myself some grace when it doesn't go just right. So that's a great reminder to all of us, Katie, for any of you out there who may be really hard on yourself, it's okay. Right. It's okay not to get it right the first time. Well, Katie, any other thoughts about rest? You've motivated me to go lead with the rest of my day with rest. No, I'm just kidding. No, I think this was really good. I think as we talk about some other upcoming topics. I think rest is going to find its way. I'm, I'll be curious to mm -hmm. see how rest finds its mm -hmm. way back into the conversation. And I am too very curious about that. And I think that also for us shows how important it is. Mm -hmm. We have different topics we're going to talk about next time. How do I, as a healthcare professional, as a member of my family and community, how do I sacrifice for others without becoming sacrificed? Mm -hmm. Rest, sleep, many of these things, health that we've talked about, these themes will continue to go from podcast to podcast. And I think that's an important principle for all of us, though we will talk about some topics, not necessarily in isolation, but with emphasis these things are not in isolation. Right. And so we're going to see how they come together and are related. And part of that is we're a system. Our body, mind, soul, spirit, all of these things are a system. And so this is part of that self-awareness and recognizing, okay, knowing that, how can I work hard and rest? Yep. We'll talk a lot about the and versus the or. Katie, and as always, enjoyed our conversation and our time together. I'm looking forward to getting that bread. All right, um, I'll get right on that for you. Brown. Always welcome. You can rest after you bake me the bread and the cookies. But uh, I didn't that's our say thing. that baking was a form of rest for me, so I could see how this would work out where this mm -hmm. could be very symbiotic here. So stay tuned for more on that. <laughs> and I am a giver, so this is all about you, it's Katie. Down, it's down. not about me. Right. Thank you, uh, Katie. You as always, time. it's great. Yep. Chat with you next time. All right.